Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch Shrek the Third with my friends Chloe Tinney and Daniel James Richardson. Chloe uses she-her pronouns, and Daniel goes by he-him. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. It's one of those rare instances where the movie manages to be both a uh, populist classic and a cult classic because it's got obviously like there's there's a reason shrek is is a meme it's not just hey this was a really popular film yeah it's not like monsters versus aliens has this kind of like weird following where people are getting monsters versus aliens weddings and <laughs> monsters versus <laughs> that, aliens tattoos that's and... what i was thinking about like shark tale doesn't have the reverence that this does you know madagascar got two or three sequels and a spinoff and Nobody gives a fuck. You yeah, know? like like people kind of like the penguins. That's like a, 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 the you get the macro meme of that every once in a while. But like it's not it's not Trek. It's not entire subreddits dedicated to generating jokes about it. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it's weird. It's weird that Chalk Tail doesn't have like that kind of like meme vibe because it's ugly and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it lends itself to like. Just being this really like crappy thing that people like just take image macros from and put captions on, and mm-hmm. in the same way, like because it's it's weird that the aspects that made people fall in love with Shrek in this like very specific memey way wasn't even the fact that it was good. It was just the fact that it was really kind of odd and ugly and weird. Wait, so Daniel and Chloe, what do you guys think about Shrek 1 and Shrek 2? Like, I mean, clearly we're all Shrek heads here, but do you think that was like a quality drop-off between Shrek 1 and 2? Because I I have seen Shrek 1 a thousand times, and I've seen Shrek 2, like, a lot less, and I haven't seen it recently. And so when I watched Shrek 2, I was like, oh, I'm I'm laughing at this movie. Like, I'm not laughing because I remember all the jokes. I'm laughing because they're funny jokes, you know? Yeah. I I personally, I think Shrek 2 was the one that was better. I I don't know if that's the unpopular opinion or the popular opinion, but that's the one I'm leaning to is like, like the I need a hero bit sticks out in my head as as being very, very, very good. I mean, they're both Shrek-cellent. There it is. The filmy with Shrek's to see. Um, But... (laughs) 
Do you have a third one? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'll get my I'll get my ears. I'll get my ears. Uh, Shrexy would be another one, but then you're going into murky territory. I don't want to necessarily describe them as Shrexy without uh, attracting some potentially weird fan art, and uh, I'm not keen on that. Uh, I've seen the storyboards for this movie, yeah. so I know how I know how Shrexy. I, I watched can this be. movie with with the animators corner feature on my Blu-ray because yeah, I bought the Shrek complete collection on Blu-ray this week, and I was just sending you guys like quotes from all the animators and the directors and the cast about the movie just being complete shit, talking about Shrek the Third. I mean, it's it's just incredible to me that they actually pulled off like. Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 is like Alien and Aliens. It's like you can have an opinion, mm. but you Absolutely. kind of have to admit they're both really fucking great movies. And then Shrek 3 is just such an immediate drop off a cliff in quality. Like it's so horrible. I could not believe watching it back how much of a nothing movie it was. Like I have watched this like less than 24 hours ago in preparation for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I am already panicking internally of like, what the hell do I say about this? I've already <laughs> forgot like 90% of what happens. <laughs> like I believe the entire plot is course correcting a play. It's like, what? Right. This movie is so fucking slippery. Like I've talked about it with my friends before. Like, what do you remember about Shrek 3? And the most that anybody says is like Shrek Babies and Justin Timberlake plays King Arthur. That's literally all anybody can remember about this fucking movie. Like there's no, and then like, I guess that people are sometimes kind of stoked about all the Disney princesses like kind of going out and doing some cool stuff. But that in itself is not that interesting, honestly. Yeah, and the versions that they have in this movie are like the unflavored oatmeal versions of the princesses where they're so just bland and they have maybe one distinguishing feature each that right right separates them from each other and most of their distinguishing features are like she's a good fighter and that makes her an interesting character and it's like hey shut the fuck up i don't care And then, I mean, like, Rapunzel is weirdly evil for whatever reason, and then it doesn't... Oh, yeah! Doesn't go I already forgot about that! I already... that Because, yeah, it literally doesn't go anywhere. She's just yeah. like, whoops, I betrayed you, and then it never gets mentioned again. It's just kind nope. of like they need something to catch them. But I, <laughs> I literally... I literally forgot that happened. That's, like, the big <laughs> twist. And I, like, I've seen this movie today! Today. Right, exactly. <laughs> what what was your guys' drop off with the Shrek franchise? Because I know that I saw Shrek one and two in theaters a lot, and I watched them on DVD a lot. And then I know that I watched Shrek Forever After on like a camcorder rip torrent from a theater, mm. <laughs> but I don't remember shit about it. I know my aunt owned Shrek three, but I don't remember ever seeing it. But clearly, I did because there were some scenes that were very memorable. Or just like stuck yeah. in my brain. Yeah, I remember seeing the first three in theaters. The first one was memorable. The second one was memorable. I remember coming out of the third one just even as a kid going, that, I want to like it, but right. I don't know if I do. Right. It, it was sort of an Attack of the Clones situation where you walk into it and you're like, it's going to be great because it's Shrek. And then halfway through, you're like, it's not. <laughs> what happened? Why is it not good? I remember specifically with Shrek 3, it being like one of the first disappointments that I remember experiencing in cinema. I'm sure it wasn't the first time I went to a cinema and was disappointed, but I remember like we went to it. It was the first time I was going to the cinemas with friends, like Mm. enough like family, like an uncle or something, Um, because it was my mate Jack's birthday 
and his mom had drove her to the Metro Centre, which is like this big like mall in the UK. And we got to go to the cool cinema that's super expensive that I'd never been to before. It was no better than any other cinema. In fact, I would argue it was distinctly worse. But maybe that's just because I watched Shrek 3 in it, yeah, so it, it automatically gets negative points. <laughs> it's been tainted. And I remember like sitting there being like, hype for me mate's birthday, you know, Big Luke's Big Buffet. Followed by Shrek 3. This will be amazing. And then I remember like, what I distinctly remember is it was a full audience because it was like opening week. And I remember there being nobody laughing. <laughs> and like, I no, just, it's that, that, not a funny the, the movie. Silence, <laughs> the silence of all the jokes falling flat well, has stuck with me in an almost traumatic way. It's, it's so incredible. This movie needed a punch up so fucking bad, right? Because like, you watch the movie and some of the jokes just stand out to you as being like, why, why is that what you went with? Like, there's this part later on in the movie where, where Prince Charming is talking to Pinocchio. He's like, you will respect me because I'm your king. And then Pinocchio is like, yeah, king of the stupids. Oh, my God. I'm like, who fucking wrote that joke? That's, that's, not a, that's nothing. I've, I remember hearing that line now and immediately my brain suppressed it because it's like, that was not worth it putting into the memory banks and all the jokes go on like overly long as well like if they think they've got something even minorly good and they they haven't (laughs) they they, they go on for like five minutes like there's that one where he's interrogating pinocchio and because pinocchio can't tell a lie he's answering in double negatives yeah and i was like okay that's kind of clever and then like you know there's the rule of three in comedy do it three times not seven but they went for the seven. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta admire and respect yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the thing. The thing is that a lot of the situations in this movie, you're like, oh, I could see how you thought that would be a joke, but then you forgot to make <laughs> it a joke. Like I could see how the scene, like the concept of a scene where somebody interrogates Pinocchio because he literally cannot lie, and then Pinocchio has to be like, do a bunch of false double negatives. Like that's kind of a funny idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool concept. It's just that that would be like a is, uh... like a tweet that I would make at 4 a.m. and not really put that yeah. much thought into. <laughs> <laughs> it was a completely different experience watching this movie with the Blu-ray special feature like animators corner thing in the corner, you know? Hmm. Because it's it's a lot of like storyboards and seeing what they thought the scenes would look like and stuff like that. That's kind of interesting. Um, sheds a little light on things sometimes. But then, you know, an animator comes in and starts talking about the technicality of the animation, what makes it good. And then the actors come in and they talk about their characters. And a lot of the time what they're saying is like, this scene was really funny to me because Puss and Donkey trade bodies. And that's just really funny. And it's like, you're Eddie Murphy. You did not. There's no way that you thought that what you did here was funny. What are you talking about? You're Eddie Murphy. It's it's crazy how much they like waste the like A-list talent that they've got in this film. Especially Fiona, but really all of them. God. Like, Eddie Murphy's been in some bad films as well, but I have never seen unfunnier dialogue from him in, like, ever. (laughs) Well, if you think about it, this this was at, like, the pit of all these actors' careers, right? You got all of them at the height of their careers, and then around this time, 2007, you've got Norbit from Eddie Murphy, you've got The Love Guru from Mike Myers and (laughs) Justin Timberlake, who's also in this movie. Ah, I had repressed that one. Yeah, and then what was Cameron Diaz doing in 2007? Fucking Shrek 3, who knows? Like, I I don't know. This was her career for a while. 
Yeah, that's true. She had not yet done Sex Tape at the time, the movie that revitalized her career uh, and really <laughs> put her on the map again. I'm a bad teacher. Um, but it's very funny to listen to all of these actors have to like walk around in circles and talk about what's interesting about the movie to them. So some choice selections of quotes that I was uh, t- messaging to you guys on Twitter as I was watching this and just all the bullshit that they spew. I really loved Mike Myers trying to describe what he thinks the movie is about. Oh, my God. He said, the movie is about Shrek realizing that ogres can be a king. They can be a father. Ogres can be anything they want to be. Um, that's, that's is not it, what is the movie's about. <laughs> did, you, did you watch the movie or did you just kind of like, like, did somebody write that script for you? Was that like the director saying, like, this is what we want it to be in their elevator pitch to you? Or... What are you talking about? He's on some like galaxy brain level analysis because (laughs) like this must be like the subtext within the subtext that you've got to dig that (laughs) that out from because that is... That is not. That is certainly not in the the text. It's it's very. It must be buried <laughs> oh, deep no. down there. Oh, oh, there's some more. Mike Myers was saying in one of the special features that he was really stoked about the movie. You know, like he loves working with Eddie. He loves working with Eddie Murphy because it doesn't even feel like I'm working with Eddie Murphy. Like I'm just working with Donkey. He just is that character so much. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, imagine, imagine you're Eddie Murphy, right? <laughs> you're Eddie, you are acting comedy legend. Eddie Murphy. And this this dude is just like, I love working with you, mate. It's like you just you just become the role of Donkey. Like all of your career, all of your legacy is condensed into this fucking four-legged like not even a horse. Like that's yeah. that's what you're condensed to. You see him in public at the grocery store and you're like, Donkey, get down on the ground. You're donkey now. Be donkey. <laughs> say that classic line you say in the movie, you know, about the parfaits. <laughs> um also the the writers of the movie explicitly said in the behind the scenes, and this was supposed to be like them praising Eddie Murphy, but it really just shows their their thought process going into this movie, where they said Eddie Murphy really can just take the crappiest line we give him and make it funny. Can, can he? Also acknowledging that they gave him a bunch of crappy lines. I remember when they said the same thing about Donald Glover on Community, and then you know what happened? He fucking left Community because they didn't write him good material, and they expected him to come in with the good stuff. Like, <sighs> why do you think that's okay to like go to an actor and say, hey? You're funny. Make this funny. We couldn't be bothered to write something funny. So you make it funny because you're Eddie Murphy. Okay, speaking of one of his lines, there's that part after Shrek wakes up from his dream. He's like, no, I know how it happened. I just can't believe it. And Donkey turns over to Pussy. He's like, how does it happen? Yeah. How- oh, yeah, yeah. The thing about how to make babies happen when he has like several children. What What happened? Is there is there some infidelity <laughs> going on or like is this... I've been so uncomfortable with Dragon and Donkey's relationship since minute it's, one. It's so it's, weird. It's, it's, it's really up. Whack. It's so messed up. And, it's so bad. Yeah. And she's not allowed to be a character, obviously, because she is nonverbal. And Dragon does not seem particularly sentient on the level that all the other characters are. So the fact that she forces Donkey into a sexual relationship, then they get married and have children together. Donkey doesn't know how babies are made. I'm, I just have no fucking clue. I, I, I think it's one of those things where they've just kind of like harmless, like they've sort of went like, let's just not think about it. 
and just make the gags. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's one of those classic Eddie Murphy improv lines? <laughs> where he's like, don't use that. And they're like, oh yeah, we, we won't, Eddie. Don't worry, we won't use that. I wonder if that was most of his material. Yeah, yeah it, it, I mean, feels like, it feels like everybody bloody improvised the lines in this one. The, the script's just bad it Ugh. just it just feels like yeah. it, it literally it's so terrible. it genuinely feels like a first draft like none of the jokes land like i'm already I, I i'm struggling to think of the jokes to even point out that they don't land because they're so unmemorable it's like what did anyone say in this film it's weird because none of them have arcs like only no. shrek gets to do anything in no. this movie puss doesn't have an arc donkey doesn't fiona kind of does but it's shit like King Arthur, what what are we talking about here? I don't I don't know. Like I saw, there could have been something in you know the because obviously they're drawing the parallels of like Shrek doesn't want to be a father. You know, a theme all kids can relate to. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like what fucking but, <laughs> jerk offs? But yeah, uh, Shrek doesn't want to be a father, and then he becomes like a surrogate dad to King Arthur, and you know helps him right. grow in that. There's something there. But, like, they have, like, Ugh. one heart-to-heart scene together by a campfire, and then that's that's kind of it. Like, that's that whole arc. There's, like, nothing well, There's nothing to their relationship besides, like, yeah. them telling you, hey, we're going to help each other grow as people. Like, you know what I mean? And and even when you remove that element of the, st- of the plot, it's, like, all I remember from it when I saw it in cinemas when I was younger, all I remembered from then was that I think there's a play in it. Now, having seen it in the past 24 hours, <laughs> all I can say about it is, I think there's a play in it. <laughs> I mean, it's such a, a baffling fucking plot and theme for a kid's movie to be like, I don't want to have kids and my wife wants to have kids. In fact, she's pregnant. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Shrek. I don't give a fuck that you don't want to have kids. I also don't want to have kids. You know what I did about that? I fucking, I talked to my partner about it. And like the fact that they don't talk about kids being an option until she's pregnant is so fucking stupid. The fact that she's afraid to tell him makes me concerned for their relationship. But here's the thing. I talked about it last week on the podcast. I did a little bit of story surgery on Shrek 2 and basically was saying like, Fiona doesn't have an arc that's fucking despicable and she needs something to do. I thought that it would be interesting if she like struggled with her privilege sort of. Mm. And the idea was that like, I came from this royal family. Now they're all discriminating against me. They hate me because I'm different. Have they been doing this to other people, right? Mm. But if I were the one writing Shrek 2 and then Shrek 3, this movie would have been all about like legacy and like who like deserves quote unquote this crown and who deserves like to rule because the themes of this movie and the plot of this movie is that the king dies and passes on his legacy and his kingdom to Shrek because he married into it. That's fucking stupid. Shrek is an ogre. Shrek doesn't want to rule this kingdom. Fiona does seem to want to rule the kingdom and does have like prowess to rule and so does her mom. And so it's like strange just looking at this movie from like a Game of Thrones aspect, I guess, it's strange that... The perfect comparison. Yeah, it's just always <laughs> passed on down to like... I mean, here's the thing. I was thinking about Game of Thrones a lot when I was watching this, right? Because this this whole thing of like legacy and like, why do these people deserve to run this kingdom? Why does Shrek deserve to run the kingdom because he married into it when Fiona is clearly a better ruler? The movie should have been about like, Shrek is forced to run the kingdom. He hates it. So he goes to find the next heir. While he's gone, Fiona has to take over and run things. And things go so smoothly because she's an incredible ruler, because she's compassionate, because she 
knows the ins and outs of ruling, right? Things that we know about her character. Instead, Shrek leaves and she just like sits around and is like, I can't wait to have babies with Shrek. And Shrek doesn't want to have babies with me, but we're going to do it anyway. Ha ha. And then she she fights good. And that's her character arc in the movie. Why is Shrek going to be the ruler? Why should King Arthur be the ruler when King Arthur doesn't know anything about ruling either? Like, his character was fucking such wet cardboard, boring dog shit. He cannot possibly come back in Shrek 4. There's no way he was somebody's favorite character. I'll tell you the worst character, though. What the hell was Merlin? What was yeah, the that point sucked. any of that? That was literally just like, we got Eric Idle, so we're just going to let him go off. It was Eric Idle doing an Eric Idle impression. It came off like Pound Shop John Oliver. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. absolutely, you know, doing, it, yeah. It was so bad. Like, and 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 they even almost had the like pause for laugh moments. You know how like John Oliver is doing his shtick now without an audience, <laughs> but he still has the pauses, right? And it yeah. kind of create like like, and it's kind of like uneasy, like. The man should capture that in a, in a, in a character <laughs> and it was really like odd and just so, so deeply, deeply, deeply unfunny, even unfunny in comparison to the rest of the unfunny movie that it was just like, why is he here? What is this for? Like, well, and, and that's the thing terrible. is that the people that made these movies really thought that just like Eric Idle's presence or John Cleese's presence is enough. They're like, everybody in the audience knows Monty Python. no. Kids don't fucking know Monty Python. Adults don't want to watch John Cleese embarrass himself in this fucking movie in the worst death scene in film history. It's so fucking oh embarrassingly God. unfunny. It goes on so I hate long. this oh, is that movie. Where the, is that where the frogs cover live and let die? No, not, not oh that. Oh my God, I forgot too, about that. that. Where he keeps on like dying and then everybody's like, oh, it's so sad. And then he comes back to life to say three more words and then dies oh, again. Oh God, And yeah, he does that yeah, seven exhausted. fucking times. And I'm like, <laughs> how is there not a single original joke in this movie? Did you copy paste this from your script for like Shark Tale 2? How did this fucking happen? <laughs> I'm sorry as well, but like, the, you know, you, you, like you say, they've obviously thought like, oh, just having like Eric Idle in here is like enough. Right, I'm sorry, but when Shrek 2 introduces fucking Puss in Boots, mm. the best character in the Shrek franchise, <laughs> you can't just introduce Merlin after him as the next new thing. Yeah, that does right. Does not fly. <laughs> right, it's weird. It's weird in Shrek 2. They're like, hey, guess what? Here's Puss in Boots. He's like part of the gang. Suddenly, he's buds with them. Right, he's like part of the trio. And then in this movie, they introduce King Arthur as if they expect the same thing to happen. But he's not fucking interesting. He doesn't do anything. He's a fucking incel loser little bitch. He learns that he's going to be the new king of the land, right? And immediately he just turns to all the people that have bullied him for years. And he's like, fuck you, Lancelot, for being a dick to me. Fuck you, Jessica, for not sleeping with me. I'm going to have your parents beheaded. And I'm like, how is this an interesting character? How are we supposed to relate to you fucking Justin Timberlake, milquetoast piece of shit? I don't give a fuck. Like, make him interesting. Give him anything to do, right? If his character is supposed to be this greedy little shithead that wants to rule because he's power hungry, make that an element of his character. Make it so that he's the new ruler because of his legacy, but then he's he would be a bad choice, so they choose somebody else. Fucking do literally anything. You can give him an interesting arc as well, where you, like, yeah. de-incelify him, you know what right. I mean? Like, you just yeah. be like, hey, uh, like, you know, like, it wouldn't be, wouldn't it have been a better, like, conflict 
if Shrek was like, oh, I don't want this this castle. Can, Daniel, Daniel, can I stop you right there? Yep. Literally, whatever you're going to say would be a better conflict than in this movie. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I was just saying, like, wouldn't the conflict be more interesting if it was between Shrek and King Arthur? Yes. And it's just like him kind of being like, yeah, yeah, Arthur will be a fine leader just because he's like doesn't want to lead. And there's exactly. just he's like real sociopathic tendencies in Arthur. There's just this like deep menace to him to the point where like Puss and Donkey are like, um, Shrek, are you sure you won't just like <laughs> kill everybody? And, yeah. and Shrek's like, nah, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. Because then you could have the final conflict be like Arthur getting power and then being terrible. And then it's like Shrek's got to overcome a problem he created. And that's way well, more interesting than, <laughs> hey, Prince Charming wants to correct He's play well, well, and and that's the weird thing about this movie, though, is that it seems like they reintroduce Prince Charming, who again in Trek Two I thought was hilarious. I thought his small Great. moments Fantastic. were very funny. Absolutely, he's fucking obnoxious in this movie. I hate him as a villain. He's not interesting. And the thing is, is that Prince Charming's themes could be very relevant here, right? His themes are like. I'm a straight white man. I deserve this. I'm entitled. I am yeah. entitled to Fiona because she's my fucking property. I'm entitled to this kingdom. I'm going to take it by force. And then Arthur could have like seen that and seen why that was wrong. Instead, Arthur's arc is like, I'm afraid to rule because it's a lot of responsibility. Like his main character trait is that he likes to lie a lot and he's like a good liar and a good fibber. And he's like a little actor, right? Like, he does, like, a whole scene where he pretends to cry for Merlin so that he can get his way. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about all this. None of right. the characters do anything to further their own plot. Well, well, the thing is, things though, is that, is, that, is that he does that. Like, his whole thing is, like, I'm going to lie to get my way with things, and I'm a really good actor. Then later on, Shrek lies to him to get him to go away. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of an interesting role reversal. Like, Shrek learned something from King Arthur, and now King Arthur is going to, like save the day because he understands what Shrek is doing. And then King Arthur's just like, uh, I'm sad because I was supposed to be king and I'm not king and nobody wants to fuck me. And it's like, <laughs> why? This sucks. This movie sucks. I feel like they dropped the ball so much with Prince Charming because in Shrek too, he's obviously a subversion of the archetype. He's a subversion of Prince Charming. Right. But in this third film, he just becomes an archetype. He's not a subversion. He is the literal mustache twirling ah oh, i'm going to take over the world <laughs> kind of villain yeah and it's just like there's no he, he becomes nothing and they don't even play up on the prince charming aspect so he loses any of the the subversion that he did have in shrek too because he doesn't do anything that's like charming or like he's he's, he's handsomeness doesn't pull him in any fans he doesn't uh, gain any support by being this kind of like appealing aesthetically pleasing dude right. and it's just like what is his character trait now other than becoming like dick dastardly from the wacky races like it's he's, he's nothing yeah it's so weird because they start off the movie by trying to make you feel sympathetic to him right he puts on a community theater production of his own story that he changed and nobody likes it so he goes and he cries in the alley and you're like why are you guys trying to make us sympathize with this attempted rapist like he pretended to be somebody that he wasn't in the last movie so that he could fuck fiona and then take her kingdom and you're like i'm sure that you don't understand the implications of this movie because it's 2004 and you guys are a bunch of 40 year old white men but that is not good and reprehensible and just looking at it from a real world perspective 
that guy should not be like a goofy villain after that. He should go away. It's dodgy as hell. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just, I just, uh, there's not words to describe how lacking he is in every way. You know what I mean? There's just, there's just nothing to any of it. It's yeah. unfathomably yeah. poor. Um, and it's, it's do, just, do any of us have anything good to say about this movie? Was there a part that like really made you laugh? I kind of, uh, kind of liked the bit and I don't know why, but I kind of liked the bit where they are pillaging the town. I think I just liked the song it was set to, which I don't even remember what it was. The Cyclops ripping off the stamps off the mail and putting them back in the mailbox was the one joke in this yeah, movie that I was yeah, like, that's that was... that's funny. He's like cartoonishly evil. Okay, that was pretty good. But it's just surrounded by such shit on either side that it just completely goes over your head. Can you we know? talk about how, well, not, I was going to say rubbish the soundtrack was, but the soundtrack isn't rubbish, but it's misused so much that it becomes rubbish. It is. So, so much. It's a lot of songs that don't belong in Shrek 3 for sure. Yeah, it's like there's Live like... and let die as a funeral scene. <laughs> yeah, and the... Well, well so my, my thing about it is that like the first two Shrek movies used a lot of music that nobody had heard before, right? Like All Star was sort of a popular song but not until shrek took it and made it what it was like yeah a lot of the songs in those movies weren't what you would expect from a kid's movie yeah and then this one is exactly what you'd expect from a kid's movie in 2007 absolutely there's no subversions anymore it's just become trait it's badly mixed like they do that they do that yeah we had scene where it's like we're gonna have 10 seconds of the immigrant, of immigrant song. song by Led Zeppelin, and yeah. then immediately cut oh my and God. just go straight into Barracuda with like no mix. Like it's it's so like you can literally yeah. hear the cut off and start. And I was just like, what did that? Like I had to like double well, check it had happened. It's literally just because they wanted Snow White to sing immigrant song, but then they wanted a girl power movie for the girls to fight. And you're like, you could have fucking put ten seconds of thought into this, you guys. Yeah. You could have literally just fucking gave a shit please i know this movie is is 13 years old there's no way they can change it now <laughs> no they can we will insist that they go back <laughs> go back there is still time it. to re-release it on blu-ray for a shrek 5 promotional <laughs> there will be a new collection come out when shrek 5 gets marketed i assure you this is the time if we're going to kick up a fuss about it anytime mia now is the time to start it <laughs> I I just think that Fiona really needed more to do in these movies. Like, her whole thing is definitely supporting other characters. And it's very strange because she's, like, one of the top-billed people. In the first movie, I'd say she's, like, third-billed. In this movie, she's, like, fifth-billed. And that's pretty embarrassing to go from third-billed to fifth-billed and also be have nothing to do. Like you were saying, it's, like, every single character, instead of subverting the archetype, they kind of became their own. Like Absolutely. They set up the archetype or the subversion in the first two films and then did nothing to either keep going or like it, it feels like a backpedal almost. I, I think the reason that happened is because the first Shrek movie was such an underdog. It was like, oh, DreamWorks, who gives a fuck? Like it wasn't supposed to be a huge smash hit. And then it was the biggest movie. And so they were, by the time Shrek 3 comes around, they're like, we got this, like, we are the top dog now. Yeah, they, could, they knew they could phone it in. I mean, they, they literally, up until, uh, it was it was good while later. I can't remember the film that dethroned it, but for, like, the longest time, they had, like, the highest uh, box office opening week for an animated movie on Shrek 3. Of all the Shreks to have it on. 
Well, and it's weird to be like, okay, so we're the number one movie. We're going to use that opportunity to continue to shit on Disney. And it's like, bro, it's 2007. What is what is Disney fucking doing? Home on the range? Like, why do you need to keep on hitting on Disney over and over and over again? I get it. You're Jeffrey Katzenberg. You're mad that Quibi is fucking failing 13 years in the future. <laughs> it's just so weird. It feels like punching down because there's nothing... Like they're not they're not punching up again there anymore. They're not like hitting on tropes that need to be hit on. Also, that any subversion, quote unquote, that they do do in this movie, it's subverting films from like the the, the like seventies and sixties. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's not even the modern stuff. At least like Shrek One and Shrek Two was taking hits. At, you know current stuff within the popular culture. You know, like the thing that pops to mind in Shrek Two is they've got like that scene that's like a parody of Cops. Whereas, like, right, in right. this one, oh, right, right, like, right. in this one, they're like, Snow White was a thing that happened <laughs> from the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yes, it was. <laughs> they're, they're like trying to like subvert in a way where they're like, hey, guess what? These Disney princesses, they don't just sit on their asses and wait to get rescued, they go out and they fight good. And it's like, hey, they're still not interesting. <laughs> There's still nothing just because they go out there and they punch somebody in the head. Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy is not a great character just because she has a sword. Yeah, well, it, it's and, and I don't even know what point they're making because Disney had long passed its damsel in distress default mode at this point. Like we'd we had right. had Mulan by the time Shrek three came out. Like you, you can't you can't be like oh Disney with the like helpless females. It's like. Are you kidding us? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. And and Disney was already kind of subverting all the tropes. Like that was kind of the thing about mid two thousands Disney is that it kind of lost the magic because they were up their own ass about everything. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. I, I think that they did all of the princess tropes a lot better in Wreck It Ralph 2. Like that movie was yes. okay. It wasn't super memorable, but like Yeah, this movie, it's not punching up or down. It's like punching laterally. Mm. Not even like making fun of itself. It's like It's punching somebody who's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's making fun of nothing. Like yeah. there there's no basis for any of the jokes other than this You're is supposed right. to like, be a joke. Like Merlin being like new agey and being like, let's have a therapy session is not making fun of anything in pop culture. It's just like, hey, you know what's really stupid? People who don't eat gluten. <laughs> and it's like, well. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. Great. Great job, guys. You really got them. I don't know. I mean, I thought that they really thought that they were hitting on something interesting in this movie where they're like, hey, guess what? Here's these villain characters, right, who are like a, a shat upon class. These are the people who've been put upon their entire lives, and now they're going to rise up. And then by the end of the movie, they are convinced to join back into the fold of like this patriarchal capitalist system and like buy into this bullshit that they're still not a part of. Like, I don't feel like we're going to go into Shrek 4 and they're going to be like, hey, Captain Hook, how's your day? <laughs> that, that, that brings me to a point, actually, uh... One of the main reasons that I hate uh, Shrek 3 is we can all agree now that Shrek is a class traitor, right? Like, yes. He is fully 100%. Absolutely. Like, he went from working class little lad in his swamp and now he's like... the Because the, the redeeming thing of this is like, yes, take on all these like royal responsibilities and inherit all this legacy and, and stuff like that. Like Because you deserve it. Your, your legacy because of your bloodline or your wife's bloodline. And continue the bloodline. Never let the bloodline <laughs> die <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Moral of the story oh, is man. the rich must stay. Can you imagine if they made uh, the ogres the king and queen of the land and it became like instead of this thing of like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Now it's about like, look at how fucking disgusting politicians are. And they do like a Danny DeVito from Batman Returns <laughs> thing where they're like, look at this. Politicians are eating eyeballs for breakfast. These fucking <laughs> ogres. That'd be sick. I mean, the, the, the wealth on display here is fucking disgusting. When you have all of these like villain characters off in their little like sad little inn they live in together because they can't fucking afford to live anywhere. And then the king of this land has been a frog for three fucking weeks and they already built a frog statue in his memory. And you're like, oh yeah. Why did you do that you're a terrible ruler and i have no inkling of an idea that the next person is going to be any better we don't have any idea why arthur would be a great ruler for this movie except that he's like good at talking people down from political revolution speaking of arthur's character the high school scenes where the only thing they do to subvert that is like make it old english kind of yeah. with high school slang and they're literally just doing all of the same tropes that you would see in a high school movie. It's not like a send-up. It's just literally the same thing. There's the stoner van, yeah. but oh, what if the stoners were brewing potions or whatever the hell they pulled That's... out their ass? And then <laughs> there's, so there's, the, there's the cheerleaders, and it's like, what if the cheerleaders wore dresses that they wore in old England? Like, that's about God. as far as the, it goes. Well, it's like... The jocks are jousters. <laughs> and then you have, like... John Krasinski as Lancelot, and he's supposed to be like this Wait, like what? classic. Yeah, yeah. So he's all over the special features of this movie. When they get to that part in the movie, they talk about John Krasinski's performance as Lancelot for like 15 fucking minutes. All three and lines I'm like, he has that he had. 
four lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah. He's so not in it, I didn't notice it was John Krasinski. No. That's how, like, unapparent he is and unintrusive he is. It's nothing. It sucks. The school tropes weren't funny. Seeing, like, the little nerd kids playing D&D wasn't funny. It, it, It just wasn't funny. And it really, like... Like Shrek and Donkey talking constantly about how much they got bullied in high school. What in the Monsters University are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was weird. It's weird because like obviously I can't literally put my what was it two thousand and seven was this yeah two thousand right. yeah two thousand seven okay so it's weird because obviously I can't like put myself in the mindset of what I was in in two thousand seven, but I feel like. These jokes and these scenes were dated even then. Yes. Yeah, it's it's very much like a send up to like 80s high school comedy. Yeah. But in a way that had been done a million times already, even by like yeah. like kids' cartoons, like serialized cartoons were doing the whole, you know, shove the nerd in the locker gimmick and right. like wedgies and all well, that. It's like this is played to death. Well, and that's the thing is that you get the impression in this movie more so than the the first two Shrek films. And I haven't seen Shrek Forever After. I haven't seen Puss in Boots, so I don't know if they get better or if they're just about the same quality. But you get the impression here that it's a bunch of 40-year-olds that don't know what the fuck they're doing and don't know what kids like. Yes. Shrek 2, and I think Shrek 1 as well, was written by Phil Miller. And I think Chris Lord. So the guys who made Clone High and Enter the Spider-Verse and fucking 21 Jump Street were making Shrek 2. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, those people were just starting off their career here, and that was before they were able to do anything, and then they, like, name-dropped him in the commentary, and I was like, oh, that's that's why this movie's funny. Yeah, I know Miller is on the mm-hmm. writing team of this one, but it's just Miller, and then there's, okay. like, 9 million others because it was, a, <laughs> yeah. it was clearly... Wait. A movie by Roundtable. You're saying that he did work on Shrek 3? Yeah, Chris Miller did. That is so shocking to me. In what fucking capacity? Because I could not imagine him writing any of the jokes in this movie. Like, I don't know, obviously, who contributed to what. Right. But when you look up, like, who wrote it, there's, like, more than 10 writers. Yeah, and the screenwriter for this is also the person who did, like, The Grinch... And like the like the um, Jim Carrey Grinch. Yeah, yeah, right. Not not the 1960s Boris Karloff one. No, <laughs> that'd be really funny. Yeah, the screenplay by is like four people. How many white men? All of them. All of them. Yeah, all that's dudes. that's kind all, of what I expected. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this movie's fucking terrible. We get more from uh. Doris, the the extremely transphobic, <sighs> I forgot about uh, ugly stepsister. Um, well, she's not as horrible in this movie as she was in Shrek Two. It's still not great. Yeah, it's really not. And I feel like they kind of like, like in the other movie, she was just like this disgusting barkeep that that everybody was disgusted by. And in this movie, she's like friends with the other princesses, and they all hang out. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And they're like kind of mean to her. They're, it's like kind of like the L word, if you guys have seen that, where like no. they accept Max as part of the gang, but they're extremely transphobic towards him. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with here is that like she's she's part of the gang, but like they're just going to constantly rag on her for not shaving properly or whatever the fuck. Yeah, all of the jokes around her are based around how she's 
not like playing into the actual woman tropes. And if she is, yeah. it's gross because she doesn't fit. Right. She's got sexy legs and she seduces the guards and they come over and she's like, hey, what's up? And it's like, well, no, like you don't need to do that. Yeah. Like why? I get it. It's it's a kid's movie and kids are transphobic, I guess. Or or know. like she says that she thinks that Prince Charming is handsome and all the other princesses are like, ew. Yeah, right. Who knows? Oh, Who gives a, a fuck, honestly? It's a 13-year-old movie. She like phrases it in like a, a an intentionally gross way because she's like vile and gross and yeah. horny on main. You know what I mean? She couldn't just be like, <laughs> I've got the hots for Prince Charming. She's got to be like fully like vivid in her description or at least as vivid as like a... a children's show or let them go well and the thing in the last movie was that like she was hot for prince charming the whole time and then at the end of the movie that's like his punishment is that he gets sexually assaulted by doris the transphobic ugly stepsister and it's oh like oh my god i forgot about that yeah that's the end of the movie is like he gets destroyed and then he's like well i'll have my own in the end and then she like tackles him and makes out with him and i'm like oh i saw gremlins too oh god. i remember when that happened <laughs> at the end of gremlins to the new batch it's just fucking embarrassing. And and she's played by Larry King. Oh, yeah. And the other ugly stepsister is also played by a man and is slightly less transphobic, but still so. And you're like, okay, I get it. It's 2007. <sighs> fucking Baby Mama was the number one movie in America. I get it. Transphobia is alive and well. I looked Whatever. it up. This movie has won awards for oh. like best animated film. Yeah. Because that was probably like the only choice at the time. It's also... By the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, won the award for sequel that shouldn't have been made. <laughs> nice. Nice. What an honor. There, there was probably a lot of families like went to see like Shrek 3 together and went, E, that was good, and then never thought about it again. Like that's yeah. kind of like the sentiment. Yeah. It's not bad enough that it could get Razzies, but it's not good enough that it can be considered a movie. Yeah. It, it just kind of is. It exists in its own like weird nether realm of not comedy, but not children's movie. Right. It, it exists in the the realm of DreamWorks. Is that's, it's like, that's true? It's, it's, it's such it's a, a DreamWorks, DreamWorks movie. movie, and it's it just feels like it's made for fucking nobody. Like adults are not going to enjoy this. Kids cannot relate to Shrek's plight about being scared to have kids. And his whole thing in this movie, he's such a fucking bullshitter. Like, Shrek, I hate Shrek the character. I hated him in Shrek 1. I hated him in Shrek 2. I love the movies, but he's terrible. He's got, like, this line in the middle where he's like, Oi, it's not my life I'm worried about ruining. It's the kids. And you're like, no, it's your fucking life you're worried about ruining. Because you constantly <laughs> complain about not being able to go to this fucking swamp and be alone and fuck your wife. I get it. You haven't fucked your wife in three years. But Jesus fucking Christ, Shrek. <laughs> But yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> you can tell they're like shoehorned in that line because they were like, oh shit, we need to make Shrek not like completely loathable as a human yeah. being. Like, he's when, just when he's awful. running away from his wife and then she tells him that he's pregnant, he's like, oh, oh okay then, goodbye. <laughs> it's like, oh, Shrek. It's just, uh, it, isn't man. it so weird as well, though, that like that's even the core concept of the movie because then all of like, the banter between the characters becomes, you know, like 
Ed Donkey's being the, the 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 keen dad, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna love kids." And he had, you know, right. look at, he's the he's the he's the trope of like, "Look at all these pictures of the my kids are keeping the wallet." And then Puss in Boots is like, "Oh, the old ball and chain getting you down, <laughs> the old Listen, wife." My my impression from Puss in Boots in that scene was that he was like, "Hey, Shrek." Let's go out on a pontoon together and go fishing for two weeks together. We'll just have some mimosas and fish together. And it's oh, like, yeah. okay, so oh, yeah. Puss in Boots wants to escond with his gay lover. I get it. He's so. a bisexual icon. <laughs> or bisexual. I mean, I, I love that he's bisexual. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> bisexual, yes. Oh, um, fantastic. I mean, yeah, Puss in Boots is just like a little suave fuckboy. And, like, I feel like his character kind of loses some of his essence in this movie. Because, like, in Shrek 2, it's like, okay, I get it. He's supposed to be, like, Zorro, but, like, a little cat, and that's cute. In this movie, he's not really... He doesn't really do anything cute. And no. him switching bodies with Donkey just felt like they were doing that so that they could be like, see, we did the body-changing thing like we did in Shrek 1 and 2, remember? And it's like, yeah, because that there's nothing. There's no like conflict comes out of that. There's no. no. There's like a couple of. It's it's just for gags, gags, and they're really not funny. Yeah, and and then the reveal at the end of like the switch the tails in the mix up back, and it's like, ugh, okay. You know, it's 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 sometimes I'm like, am I going too hard on this? Because this is a kid. Like this is a kids movie. Maybe kids find that funny. But I was in an audience with kids, and they did not laugh. No kid finds (laughs) it funny. (laughs) I mean, nobody wants to watch Shrek walk around being a bad dad for ninety minutes, right? And that's what this fucking movie is about. He doesn't want to have kids. When he has to confront Arthur, he's very hostile he like picks him up and throws him over his shoulder he's constantly manhandling him he doesn't know how to talk to him like a human being um there's the part where shrek is like trying to top hit talk hip you know and he's like oh I'm yeah with it. god I'm i forgot cool. about that what is fucking wrong with you you know how to talk to human beings you the i he's will 19. admit he's not seven i will admit Arthur's line where he's like help i've been kidnapped by a monster trying to relate to me did make me chuckle a little bit Chloe, I forgive you for laughing. (laughs) You're uh, you're okay. Your your life is still worth living, but you should be ashamed. I am a little bit. It's okay. (laughs) I think I think the DreamWorks movie like hits it on the head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this this film this film you're gonna be able to pick up in Aldi in the weird section in a triple pack with like I don't know boss baby and over the hedge like that that's that's the like end goal it's over the hedge a pixar like, or dreamworks film it I is, think it is. But like yeah. oh, but man. even that had like steve carell going into quicksilver moment for a brief second it had like a little bit kind of sure this this was just like if this movie was a color it wouldn't even be gray like it would just it'd be the color picker where it couldn't even choose like anything. Beige. And and they also just don't even know how to like make these characters talk like people. Like Shrek and Fiona's or look relationship. Like yeah, that's true. Shrek and Fiona's relationship <laughs> has no spark to it. You don't feel that they're like true love anymore. Even though you really did get that impression from the first movie. It's not there in Shrek 2. It's not there in Shrek the third. Also, fucking don't call your movie Shrek the Third. That should have been my first fucking note if you brought me into a pitch meeting on this movie. That's a terrible fucking movie. Just call it Shrek 3, you fucking idiots. Um, The characters don't know how to talk like human beings. Like Prince Charming at the end, hamming it up for his big performance is so fucking horrible. And you're like, what am I even supposed to think about you that you don't know this is horrible? 
And then they, they do this classic thing. I think it was like Dan Harmon talked about this one time when he was talking about story structure. In Ace Ventura, there's a scene where Ace goes to like this big fancy party and he runs into this guy who looks like the Monopoly man. And then he's like, oh, yeah, look at this guy, the Monopoly guy. And he like makes fun of him for looking like the Monopoly guy. And you're like, yeah, but you, the, the filmmakers, dress that guy up like the Monopoly guy. He's <laughs> yeah, not a human yeah. being that would exist in the real world. And so that's not funny to do. So in this movie, like making Prince Charming sing terribly so that Shrek can be like, this guy sings bad, huh? It's like, hey. It's such a like lazy crutch. It like it reminds us of, like there's a scene in, in you know, the Adam Sandler film Pixels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it well. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the poster on my wall. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a scene in that where like he goes into a meeting and he's like, oh, look at this guy, Gandalf, and it's just like a dude with like a Gandalf beard, right. and like someone's got uh, got glasses. And he's like, oh, and look, he's with his maid, Harry Potter, and it's like you put the people that look like those people there. It's such a lazy crutch. It's it's literally Adam Sandler's main go to because if you think about it, there's that, there's Colonel Sanders from uh, the Water Boy. There's fucking he does the same mm. bit in Mr. Deeds where he literally is like that guy looks like the Monopoly guy, and I'm like, yeah, I fucking saw Ace Ventura, Adam Sandler, like. <laughs> I get it. He looks like the fucking Monopoly guy because you dressed him up like the Monopoly guy, you fucking loser. And that's what I think of Shrek the Third. This is a terrible fucking movie. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about this movie? I, I don't have anything to say about this movie, but I do have a story about your previous podcast. Because, you, you know, you sent us like uh, the Shrek 1 and, and Shrek 2 audio from the previous podcast before we did this one just to kind of right. like... Give it a listen, like whatever, like it's you know. I listened to the the Shrek One podcast. And I was like, oh, that was fun. I listened to the Shrek Two podcast uh, while I was at work, uh-huh. and um, I'm I'm in, I'm in my office. And uh, for those of you who haven't listened, I did not know this, but there is a point during that podcast where Mia screams down the microphone, "I'm coming! I'm coming! I'm gonna come!" <laughs> and and that occurring. emphasizing with claps the whole time. I'm gonna yeah, come. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking come. <laughs> yeah, and so oh, I'm no. just listening to the podcast, and then like my colleague Wait, you're, tries you're to get work? my attention. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm in my office. I'm in my office, and I've got my headphones on, and my colleague like gets my attention. So I just like pull my headphones like down to my shoulders just to hear him better. But the podcast audio is still going. And he's just like talking to me. He's just, like, oh yeah, so we've got this client and uh, he was thinking of like, he's d- they're going for like the animation and the one this oh, university no. animating. in. I don't know if he can hear it, but I certainly can. I'm just oh. hearing me a shout in my ears. I'm going to come. I'm going to fucking come. I'm going to come. And I'm just like nodding and smiling like, yeah, yeah. I really, really hope he does not think I'm listening to like hardcore porn. And then and here's the thing, though. If he asked you what you were listening to, you couldn't even say anything because you couldn't be like, oh, yeah, it's a podcast about Shrek 2. Yeah. <laughs> not okay. I'm like, I, I'd, I'd have been too embarrassed and it just went oh it's just hardcore porn it's just like i I worry so often i put so many explicit tags on this podcast because i'm like i do not want some 15 year old to find this podcast about shrek 2 and be like oh i like shrek 2 and then hear the deranged fucking shit that we talk about like shrek's fart fetish and i hate shrek 3 you guys there was so much of that fart fetish in this movie too yeah, I mean, they, they keep Shrek and Fiona apart 
happily the whole movie so we don't have to see them fucking fart in each other's faces but you know that shrek <laughs> is excited to get back to his wife so that he can fart on her fucking yeah it's disgusting like, like the gross out humor isn't even subversive like we were talking about yeah. it's not even subversive at this point it's just them being gross for the sake of trying to be funny right but. i guess it's 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 all the characters have now like that's yeah that's like the thing you know it's just like it's like everybody in the film is being flanderized to like the base yeah. concepts puss in boots is flirty donkey's goofy right um and shrek's stinky it feels so much like a fucking fan fiction that somebody would have written like it does not feel like professional screenwriters took a shot at this and said, this is our best work. It feels like they wrote it in a day and a half because they forgot they had to write a deadline. And then yes. the animators got it and they were like, I can make this look pretty. And then actors got it and they were like, oh, this is a nice paycheck. Like the only mm. people that worked yep. really, truly, truly hard on this film are the animators who I really feel like brought it as well as they could in 2007. Like, Minus the human characters. I mean, they they don't look great, but they look a thousand times better than they did in Trek One. Like that's true. And they also stick to the while still sticking to the art style pre-established in those movies yeah. that they had to work off as well. So I, I kind of yeah. think they did all right with that. And actually, in terms of uh, just the stuff that happens, like I do actually want to point out as well, the animators do, like you say, like do a really good job. Like the stage at the end, while a weird, weird plot point <laughs> that the villain wants to course correct his community play. Mm-hmm. Um, like I cannot get over that. That's a driving factor. This it, it's so weird that like this film manages to feel like excruciatingly long and ridiculously short at the same time because it's only got a one hour thirty <laughs> oh minute runtime and nothing happens in it. All I remember is the play and it, it feels like an addendum to the end of Shrek 2 because you're still dealing with Prince Charming, right? So it feels like yeah. this movie is the quantum of solace of the Shrek franchise where you're like, oh, yeah, that movie was like a direct sequel to Casino Royale and like nothing interesting really happens in it. What what happened in Shrek 3? What happened in Quantum of Solace? And like just make your own fucking movie. Stop being so desperate to make a fucking franchise, you cowards. I feel like it's not even that. I feel like it's the TV movie used to kick off the TV show that goes oh, on the Disney this is, Channel. Oh, you know this is Olaf's yeah. Frozen Christmas that played before exactly. Coco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a point in this movie where like, I had to pause and go do something. And I come back. I'm like, how much longer do I have? This still has a half hour left. Oh, my God. I but nothing happens. Forever. Nothing happens. Well, and, and see, the thing is that these characters were not designed for se- with sequels in mind, right? Like, when they no. made Donkey in the first movie, they didn't give him enough motivation because his whole motivation was just like, I want to have friends. And then he gets that 20 minutes in and he never changes. And then Shrek, his entire motivation is like, I want to fuck my wife and I want to be left alone. That's not an interesting character motivation for this guy to have. Like... You can't build four movies off a man who just wants to be alone in his swamp and fart in a hot tub. That's a fucking Kevin James sitcom. That's not a movie <laughs> franchise. Yeah, and it's just like all of the gags around Shrek are just condensed to he farts and he stinks. Like he's trying to be kingly, but in every way he right. does it. He's gross. Like they've got to like use a like, uh, what's it? Like a, like an electrical power tool on his toenails and yeah. stuff. Is it a, like, and then, it's... 
It's like an buffer, angle grinder like or something a, like right. that. I yeah, I, 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 I am not I a dude who knows what power tools are. <laughs> it was a, it was a power tool. I can give you that much and no more. Well, because the thing is that this franchise was designed with the intent to be like, what if we took the villain and we made him the hero? What if we took the weird sidekick henchman man and we made him the hero of a story? But for a franchise that's built off of the back of a character who's quintessentially the villain, like a man who eats human beings and would be murdered for going out in public, this franchise has a disturbing lack of empathy for people who are different. Yes. And that's where I'll wrap it up a little bit is that like this franchise, I I touched on it last week. They hate people that like stray from gender norms. They hate villains. They hate Captain Hook. They hate Doris. They hate people that are outside the norm and you're right it is shrek is a class traitor shrek wants to assimilate (laughs) into a higher culture fiona learned nothing from her her experiences of being discriminated against this isn't a franchise written by people who understand what being an outsider is like this is a franchise written by a bunch of straight white men who who were maybe bullied in high school and can kind of touch on it but they don't even have empathy for people bullied in high school. They're like, hey, look at these fucking nerds. Look at these. These nerds are going to bully Shrek. Isn't that funny? And it's like, like, why? I get it. You got a dumb little gag that you came up with that you ripped off from an 80s sitcom. But like <laughs> nerds bullying Shrek is not the subversive, amazing joke that you think it is. I hate this movie. It's just so bland. And I can't believe that I've signed on to talk about Shrek forever after and then Puss in Boots afterwards. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> This is terrible. I've never, I've never seen Puss in Boots. I think I've seen Shrek Four, mm-hmm. and I think it was better than Shrek Three. Shrek Three was where I dropped off, and then I think I didn't see Shrek Four till I was like an adult. Right. The fact that I think I've seen it and don't remember doesn't bode too well because I'm like, right. I think maybe like I'm, I'm forgetting <laughs> if I have or not. But I well, do and, think uh, it was better than Shrek Three. And I've skipped around in it a little bit. I haven't watched ahead, but the villain's voice is very annoying. And of course, he's voiced by a DreamWorks animator. Somebody told me that they did do something interesting with Fiona and try and give her an arc and try and make her like a fierce warrior that doesn't need Shrek. And that to me sounds interesting, but I hope that they pull it off because I've been saying for three episodes now that they need to give Fiona fucking anything to do and stop wasting Cameron Diaz, who has a great talent for this franchise. So we'll see you next week. We, I, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> I, I have my friend Jackson on that episode. Jackson and Cass from Sans Pants are going to be on with me. And Jackson loves Shrek Forever After. So maybe he'll just like force me to like it in the way that, that, that Joel works. tried to force me to hate Shrek too. He'll, he'll force you to like it? Oh, God. I just, okay. No, no, no. I, I, Chloe, I've become Chloe, one of the writers. I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. It was a great joke. Great job. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of hope you don't like it because you were just like, hey, Dan, I want you to be on one of the Shrek episodes. I'm doing Shrek all this month. And I was like, cool, Mia, that sounds great. And you were like, you're on Shrek 3. And I was like, what the fuck did I ever do to you? <laughs> <laughs> people, people ask me all the time. They think it's a punishment to talk about the worst fucking cartoon ever. Guess what? If I put you on the fucking Shark Tale episode of the podcast, that means I think you're funny enough to have anything insightful to say about Shark Tale. So Shrek good job, 1 and you Shrek guys. 2 were right there for us, Mia. I could have watched them. They were right there. And you gave us Shrek the fucking third? Not even forever after. Shrek the third. How many um 
Let's see. What's a Shrek thing that would be really funny to rate this movie upon? I give zero shrugs. Shrugs. Is that like the Shrek metric of a fuck? A okay. That's that is is that your real rating out of five? You give it a zero? Um no, I'd give it maybe like one and a half shrugs. Okay. Like I I kind of cared about it, like only in a continuity sense. Just to kind of see what happens, but otherwise a morbid curiosity. <laughs> yes. I couldn't give any more shrugs about this. <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Uh, I'll give it uh, two shrugs uh, purely on the strength of the animate as a loan. And I don't think mm. while the talent is wasted, I don't think anybody like truly phones it in with that performance. They do like give it the beans a bit, you know, like Donkey still sounds enthusiastic. Shrek, Shrek still sounds down, downtrodden and stuff. So like for performances and animation, they sort of hold it up. The rest is everything like, and it, it, it's, it's, it's not what I, Extracted going in. Um, <laughs> and it certainly, it certainly does not make me. Fuck you. It certainly didn't leave us a Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I mean, it's, he, it's here, two here's shrugs, the thing. Two shrugs. Two shrugs out of five. This movie, the performances are lazy and not great. That is not the actor's fault. They had fucking yeah. nothing to yeah, work yeah. off of. If somebody handed me this script, I would have also handed in a lazy, un- uninspired performance. When you see Mike Myers behind the scenes, he's doing all the same faces he would have made in Austin Powers and Cat in the Hat. He's still giving it all the love that he would have given to the love guru. So <laughs> as much as as much love as that. <laughs> so the the writing is just not here. It's really lazy and they really phoned it in. The structure of the film doesn't work out. The female characters are not interesting. The fact that they're just like, hey, here's four main dudes that are going to go hang out. And then all the ladies are going to stay at home in a plot that could have just been cut out of the movie entirely. And you wouldn't have lost anything except for 15 minutes of screen time. Fuck this movie. Uh, half a shrug. Wow. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Stern but fair, I feel. Maybe I was too generous. Maybe I'm being unfair to Shrek the Third, but uh, Shrek the Third was unfair to me. (laughs) Fuck this movie, Shrek this movie, I will not be watching it again. It tried so, so hard to not do anything. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. I I really, really, really appreciate it. I'm so you shut down. Only only for you, Uh, Where can people find you online? Daniel. Uh, I am on Geeky Glasses TV on YouTube, possibly soon to be rebranded in some way. <laughs> You've been because, saying that yeah, for I, six I, months. <laughs> I've been saying that for six years. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, it will happen. I assure you. When I go back, when I go back, I'll get back on eventually. There's still for, there's still a lot of content up there that's all very good and whatnot that you can go and watch while I'm not uh, <laughs> uploading at the moment because I'm a terribly unproductive human being. And on Twitter, I am also Geeky Glasses TV. Great. And Chloe? I am. It's Chloe now, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And then my art account is ctinneyart, C-T-I-N-N-E-Y-A-R-T. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to Shrek. McDonald's is throwing us a party. They're even putting us on glasses. What? Put glasses on me. I don't need no glasses. My eyesight is perfect. 2020. Only McDonald's is celebrating DreamWorks Shrek the Third with collectible glasses featuring all your favorite characters.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 